You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. And these are all Shilas that were asked through Chaim Kanievsky in the laws of Lashon Hara. So here's an interesting one. Um, let's say you know about a certain contractor that he does not come on time. Okay. So it's not that his work is somehow inferior, but that he always shows up late. Um, a day or two late, right? <laughs> um, or he finishes a day or two late. Are you allowed to tell people about that when they ask about it? And Rav Chaim says, of course, bevadai. <laughs> you could definitely say that. Why should a person expect, again, maybe, you know, that's not considered Lashon Hara. You are allowed to say that because it's the Tawelis of the other person. And there's no problem in doing that. Um, another interesting question I asked Rav Chaim was this. Let's say you know that someone has a business, a Baal Mifal, right? And we, you know that the only reason why he's able to do this business, whether it's a restaurant or company, that he was able to actually go into business because he uh, appropriated confidential information from the previous employer that he was at. Are you supposed to put, shut that guy down? In other words, you know that he really did something that was wrong. He stole. And in order for that, that's how we created his business, by using the, the, the information he had from his previous employer, from somebody else or someone he wasn't even employed with. So are you allowed to tell people that and say, don't go shop there? You know, that person, uh, he's only in business because he, he stole a certain secret of how to make this stuff from somebody else. So Rav Chaim says that person is definitely wrong. And if the person he stole from wants to take him to Bez, then that's fine. However, that doesn't mean it's usher to buy from that person. Even though he started his business really ripping somebody off and, and doing something unethical, that doesn't mean that the business is like usher. And therefore, you don't need to tell people about it. And if you do tell people about it, it's Loshim Hara. Okay, so you see where it draws the line. Rechaim's not condoning it. But again, the guy who was stolen from, he should take that other person to a dintire and maybe he'll win. But the new business, and again, I, I have to tell you that as sitting as a dying, and not so many cases, but the many of the cases I've sat on, I would say a disproportionate amount of cases were cases like this, where the, someone, had, um, someone had gone into business using information he had been an employee by someone else and he'd gone into business and the sec- the first business wanted us the Besden to stop the second business or to force him to charge him over money um to pay back the first guy so all of that is correct in Besden but that doesn't mean that everyone needs to know about it and that doesn't mean that it's us or to buy it from that other business um here's an interesting question uh, I hope I hope this never happens to me, but it could. Are you allowed to say, for example, you are a yeshiva bocher and you want to go into a certain shear in the yeshiva? Right? You want to go to a yeshiva that only has one rish yeshiva. And the question is, um, are you allowed to, um, you go over to someone and says, should I go to that person's shear, um, that rish yeshiva? And you know that that shear, although it's interesting, is not true. Meaning, it's pilpul, but it's not true. It's harifut, but it's not really teiras emes. A lot of it sounds good, it's fun, 
But your opinion is, as a Torah person, that it's not the true way to learn Torah. What should you tell the person who comes over to ask you? So isn't it Lashon Hara when you say that? Because now you've told some, you've t- let's, say, let's say the Bochar is, is Yoshua. And Yeshua comes over to Kolev to ask him about Ephraim, who's the Magadshir. And Kolev happens to know that Ephraim's a nice guy, but it's the Torah that he says is usually not true. It's usually just off the mark. And it's usually not what he considers real Limad in the in the best possible way. Can you tell him that? Can 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 Kolev tell him about about Ephraim's shiurim, about Rabbi Ephraim's shiurim? So Rabbi Kanyevsky quotes his uncle, and he says the Chazonish said that it's mutter, and not only that, because you need to know. But Leida, mi you can't have this situation where people go around, and everybody's a Rosh Hashiva, but there's certain people who are not teaching properly. And it's not because they're bad people. It's just because they have a, a, a as we say in Yiddish, they're kruma kap. They are, they, they, they're crooked in terms of the way they think about things. And they, they end up saying things which aren't true. And if, if they're going to, and, and maybe because they're charismatic, they have a lot of people with them. That doesn't mean they should be doing the job they're doing. Chazanish felt that Torah needs to be pure. And if there's someone who's not teaching Torah properly, or even, you know, it's not, it's not that he's ruining their, 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 they're ruining them. Well, he is. That's the husband he felt. It's not that he's ruining them uh, morally, but he's ruining them intellectually because they end, they're going to end up not understanding how to learn. And, and the next generation is what keeps Torah going. So you need to know who knows how to learn, who doesn't know. Well, Milo, and how much they know. And he has a riot from a Gemara and Nida, but the Chazanish felt this was crucial. Your purpose can't be to knock the other guy down because you don't like him, obviously. You're, but you, but a per, that wouldn't be considered Lashon Hara according to the Chazanish. It's interesting that he doesn't just say it's it's Mutter. He says, I'll tell you what my uncle the Chazanish says. Um, let's go to this one. Um, he says the same question. Let's say... The, those of you that don't aren't familiar with this, I'm sure you've heard about it in some way or fashion. Um, there's something called the Chavrusa Tumul. In Eretz Yisrael, I remember it very, very distinctly. That in the beginning, the first couple of days when the yeshiva started, especially in yeshiva like Mir Yeshiva, where I learned that there was a lot of people coming in that were new, people didn't know people. It wasn't, you know, you had people that had come for a year and that were leaving. And now the new Zman had started. So for a couple of days, you try to figure out who's going to be your Chavrusa. That's called the Chavrusa Tumul, where everybody is tumbling. You've heard it in the Yiddish term, a tumbler, someone who's like really uh, very uh, animated and every, you like a koch level is another Yiddish term, which of course means a ladle. So the tumul, there was a Chavrusa Tumul. Everybody was trying to find out who's good, who's good, who's a good person to learn with, who I shouldn't learn with. And that went on for two, three, or four days. I was so surprised. I had never seen anything like it. Now, and this was about 40-something years ago. I remember when it was. And people would come ask me, what do you know about this guy? What do you know about this guy? So let's say a chavrusa tumul was going on, and someone is about to become chavrusas with someone else. Now, the person who he's about to become chavrusas with, you happen to know that he isn't really that bright. But he's got people saying things about him that he does know how to learn well. And you know, and right? 
and you know that the chavrus that he wants to learn with is is not so bright. Um, and and maybe do you have a right to? Do you have a right to tell the guy and say, "Look, I know that you're a smart guy. You should know that this guy is not that bright. This guy is not that sharp." You don't want to say you don't want to use uh, you don't want to use terrible terms, but you are you allowed to say that? Let's see the question inside. Maybe you shouldn't run with him because you're going to be frustrated. It's going to be a mismatch. And based on that, based on that mismatch, somebody's typing something here. <laughs> but based on that mismatch, you know the person's not going to be happy. So Rechaim says, based on the Chazanish, yes. Because your time and learning in yeshiva is precious. And you're not trying to just say that that person is, 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 is not smart. You're saying that that person at this point, his learning capabilities are weak. He doesn't, he's not quick and sharp. It's worthwhile. The person needs to know that. And the Chazanish felt, according to Rav Chaim, that would be mutter to say about someone. Okay. Next. Let's go to the next page. Go up the top of the page. Um, so um, this is a question that comes up a lot as well. Um, uh, we talked about teachers. So the class is graduating from fifth to sixth grade, from seventh to eighth grade. So the seventh grade Rebbe, um, is he able to speak to the sixth grade Rebbe and tell the sixth grade Rebbe what was going on with the boys in the class before, the boys or the girls in the class before. So he should know about that. And maybe know who the troublemakers are, what to do. So Rav Chaim says it's for the benefit of the, of the teacher to know how to deal with them. He says, take a look. What, and this is a typical Rav Chaim Kanievsky proof. He says, the Torah writes about Yishmo. What does it say about him? He tells Avram Avinu, "Vehu yepera Adam." Why does Avram need to know the future? <laughs> God, of course, knows everything. But why did God need to tell Avram Avinu that Yishmael was going to be wild? When Avram discovered on his own, why did Avram need? To, why did God need to snitch <laughs> with the telling the future about who Yishmael is? So you know why? Because it's, you need to have a heads up about who a person is. Avram needed to know that, uh, that Yishmael was wild. He had a wild nature. At the end, Yishmael did tshuva. But it's important to know. So it's not a brilliant proof. <laughs> so that's a proof that a Rebbe could tell the next Rebbe, look, you need to know this kid is wild. Or, yeah, hopefully it'll get better. But right now you need to know how to deal with him. Um, okay. What about a person who uh, you know does not care that you speak about him? Now, part of the idea of why Lashon Hara is bad is because it's an attack on, it's an attack on the person's um, dignity, on the person's, on the person's shame, what the person stands for. 
you say Lashonara, that level goes down when people hear about it. How about if a person says, I don't care? The person does not mind at all. Isn't it his own reputation? And he says, I'm my reputation. I don't care what people say about me. And I guess you can tell he means it. So can you now say Lashon Hara about him? If the whole idea of Lashon Hara is, is that you are destroying the person's rep, the person says, I don't care about my reputation. He says, I have no, I don't care what anybody says about me. And he announces that. So at this point, are you able, uh, can you now say, are you able to, uh, are you able to uh, speak Lashon Hara about that person or not? That's the question. So, so Rav Chaim says, he says, halachically, it should be mutter at this point. Um, however, if there's really nothing to be gained from it, you shouldn't do it. Why? He says, you shouldn't speak Lashon Hara even about a non-Jew. Why? Because it gets you into the habit of speaking Lashon Hara. So it's not, in terms of, in terms of essence of Lashon Hara, it isn't. But it definitely gets you used to gossiping and saying things about people, and that's something that you should not be doing. Okay. Um, another question about a teacher that comes up. Let's say uh, a, te- a, a teacher knows that the dad really doesn't do much for his kid. He knows the father. He knows the father from shul. Maybe the father's his friend. He knows the way the father deals with this child. Um, is there anything to be gained by telling the child, the father about what the child's doing and how the child wasn't so good in class about something? If he knows that the father probably isn't going to do anything, is there a mitzvah to tell the father a complete report about what's going on in class and what he observed about the father? So, um, Rav Chaim says, how do you know that the father is not going to do anything? Um, you think that the father does nothing. You can't assume that. And obviously the father does have an influence on any child. So therefore, it is important for the father to know information. Um, here's another similar question that we said before about... Um, Let's say you know somebody who isn't that super smart by nature. Um, but he's an incredible masmid, and through his asmada, he's able to figure stuff out. Um, can you tell that, let's say, a person find, finding about a shidduch or something? Are you allowed to say that? Can you say that about him? That look, he's not, you know, he's not the quickest guy, Bateva, but he really works really hard. And when he works really hard, he really figures it out and understands it well. Is that Lashon Hara? So Rav Chaim said that he answered it with a story. He said there was a person who wrote a book about the Chazonish and said, and we know the Chazonish, of course, became one of the greatest thinkers in Talmud of his time. And someone said when the Chazanish was young, he somehow was not sharp. He couldn't, he was weak in terms of his, uh, in terms of his quickness and his capabilities, his kishronos. But what happened, according to the storybook, the Chazanish was, uh, was crying, he davened to God, 
And HaKadosh Baruch Hu answered his tefillahs and he became a Balkishr. And he became actually more intelligent than he had been before, more quicker than he was before. When the stipler, the Chazanish's brother-in-law, heard this, he says, that book is a sheker, it's Lashon Hara. He says, so, he says, I heard my father say that. So saying somebody is by nature not that intelligent or not that quick, but that God answered his prayers and turned him into, and he, with Hasmada, with Hasmada, that's still Lashon Hara. So they asked us, they asked Rav Chaim Kanievsky, they said, one second. You're, it's true that the, um, your father didn't know the Chazanish when he was a little boy. Maybe the story was true. How does he know, how does he know it's a lie? He says, look, my father knew his brother-in-law. He knew the Chazanish. And therefore, if you know somebody, you know that he wasn't by nature somehow not so bright and he only got his Kishronos through some sort of supernatural uh, interference. He says, I was once, and then he continued the story of Chaim. He says, I was once with, uh, um, I was traveling with the Chazanish to uh, a Levaya of Rabbi Leo Dushnitzer. And the Chazanish said, I can tell you about Rabbi Leo Dushnitzer that he never lied and he never got angry. So his nephew, the, the Rabbi Kanievsky said, how did my uncle know that this man never lied and never got angry. So he says, what do you see? When, uh, when, when a Godel sees somebody, when a Godel meets somebody, he knows. He says, my uncle, the Kazanish knew, because he knew the Schnitzer, he knew what he was. My father knew who his brother-in-law was. And the Kazanish used to say that if a person would come to him Five minutes, he already can tell you what he's about. And that's the strength of, of people like the Chazanish and the Stipler and others. So therefore, the, again, so now, um, let's go on. Okay. Here's an interesting question. We know that the uh, that the Sefer, I mentioned the last time, the Sefer Chavetz Chaim was a revolutionary Sefer when it came out. The Rambam does mention Hilchaz Lashon Har and Hilchaz Deus. Why isn't it in the Shulchan Aruch? Right? Well, again, it took the Chavetz Chaim 150 years ago or whatever it was, you know, almost 200 years ago now, 180 years ago or 160 years ago to start writing Yilchus Lashonar. Why is it in the Torah anywhere? Why is it in the Shulchan Aruch? So Rav Chaim Kanievsky says, it was obvious that these things were also. He says, the mitzvah of Avas Reyes is not in Shulchan Aruch either. Um, so he says, it was so obvious, how come the Chafetz Chaim had to write a safer about it? So he says, that, let's see what he says to answer that question. I'm trying to move the thing around here so we can see. Um, can move you guys out. So let's see what the answer is. Uh, the answer is, is that 
because things changed. Obviously, the generation changed. When the tour and the Shulchan Aruch wrote it, people weren't so nich from Moshan Aruch, but now people needed to know. Now, I'm not sure if that, that is a nice answer. Obviously, the Chavetz Chaim was machadish a lot of chidushim. I have a different answer, but it's important to see that obviously Lashon Hara has gotten worse. And because of that, we needed a book like the Chavetz Chaim. Um, how about this question? Let's say you know about a, a, man, a younger man in Kailo, person who's learning in Kailo that he doesn't have money. Um, that's not the big, right? Would that be Lashon Hara to say that? If you, didn't, if you didn't ask him permission. Oh, you should know, this guy's really a nitzrach. He really needs money. That's not a great honor to know that, right? So Rav Chaim felt that you could say that. And maybe it's only a kailo guy. Maybe if it's a guy who's in business, that would be Lashon Har. If a person's in kailo, you expect the person, there are many people who aren't that well off. But Rav Chaim felt, from his answer, Zevla Gnai, it seems like maybe, again, I, 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 you need to really ask a Shiloh before you could just say, oh, this guy's not doing so well, Parnosa was. Um, let's go one last page here. Let's say you find, we talked last week about parents and sons and sons and parents and fathers and uh, wives and husbands. Let's say um, you see your parents speaking Lashon Hara. You're a yeshiva guy, you're not a yeshiva guy, whatever it is, <laughs> your parents are speaking Lashon Hara. What should you do to get them to stop? So Rav Chaim Kanyevsky says, in almost all cases, a parent will not accept from a child that they shouldn't be speaking Lush and Hara. And therefore, it's not going to, it's not a benefit. And look what Rav Chaim says. It's just going to cause anger. Now you're going to tell me Rav Chaim Kanievsky, who lives in this fantasy world, he understands people. He knows. Believe me. I, never, I, do, I, I am 100% sure that his children never had to worry about Rav Chaim speaking Lush and Hara about it. But Rav Chaim understands people. And he knows the way parents and children work. And a child, a parent is not going to accept Musr or Teichacha from a child, and it's just going to cause the parent to be more upset. And therefore, even though you see your parents speaking Lashon Hara, he says, don't do anything. But he says, it's, it's a Mufurish in the Torah. He says, it's Mufurish in the Torah, they're doing an Avera from the Torah. So Chaim answered back. He says, look, what you're saying is right. Um, if if you know your parents are doing an Isra from the Torah, you should try to stop them. But that's in most situations. But if you know, and, and when it comes to Lashon Hara, that's the way people are, he says, it's not going to make any positive effect. It's only going to bring anger between the parent and the child, the parent and the child. And therefore, there's nothing to be gained, Chaim says, in telling your parent. Um, let's say um, 
we know the Chafetz Chaim writes that based on the Gemara, that you're not supposed to go into the street and say, boy, did, I, I, I had a great time at Kivalevich's house. He was the great Machnes Ereach. He, he gave me the best food. He gave me a great place to sleep. It was tremendous. You're not supposed to do that. Because if you start telling people about it, then everybody's going to show up, and that's going to be difficult for uh, for the Machnes Ereach to bring people in. So... How about you don't go out into the marketplace and talk where some bum can hear, but among your friends, uh, you go and say, look, I had a great shop. The guy treated me so nicely. Is it still us or today? Do you still have to worry about that? So he says, yeah, you need to be careful because people talk and people talk and the things get out. So even today, that Allah is still relevant in terms of, of telling people about what of a great, especially, you know, of a great machnas uh, array of someone was, because that could definitely lead to the person n- n- not wanting to say no to the person who comes knocking at the door. Um, I asked Rechaim Kanyevsky if a person uh, snitches to the government or to a guy about a Jew. Is that, it's definitely wrong to, to be a Maushan, but is it Lushan Hara when you talk to a guy? No, it's when you tell a guy about something wrong that a Jew did. Is that Lushan Hara? It's definitely wrong. It has to do with Masira. <laughs> Maybe you can even kill the guy if, he's, if it has to. If it's, if it's going to bring down uh, an improper justice on the person, an improper law on the person. But is it called Lashon Hara? Because what does the pasuk say? He asked of Chaim. Says, Maybe it's only if you're telling gossiping about another Jew to another Jew. But if you're gossiping not to a Jew, you're gossiping to some guy. Is that called Lashon Hara? So he says, what's Pshat and pasuk? means the person you're talking about, not the one you're talking to. So therefore, it's 100% Lashon Hara to speak to a guy about, about a Jew. Um, Okay. Um, how about the following case? Um, you know that somebody is uh, collecting tzedakah, like we've been learning about Masechta's Peya, which we're going to talk about in a minute. And the guy needs to go collect tzedakah. And he's going to go to a rich guy, but the guy is a miserly. Can, and you've already had experience, and now this other guy is going to this rich guy. Um, are you allowed to tell the the guy who's going to collect stalker, the gabai, this guy's pretty miserly. Can you do that? Or let him just discover it on his own? So Rechaim gives a surprising answer. He says, if you tell him he's miserly, then the gabai is going to know how to talk to him. And, and eventually he'll, he'll, and it's going to be, a, he, he should give the tzedakah. So that would not be considered Lashon Hara, according to Rechaim, because you're helping that other person figure out the way to be mezakim in a mitzvah. If you didn't tell him anything, he'd just walk in and do the same spiel he does to everybody else. Now that he knows that the guy is a cheapskate and that he doesn't give, so now he's going to be able to use a different tactic to get the tzedakah. Obviously, we're talking about a good tzedakah. 
So Rav Chaim interestingly says that that does not have a din of that does not have a din of Lashon Har. Okay. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.